Support for another round comes from Squarespace. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code another round at checkout and get 10% off. It's your birthday. Yay. All right. You're listening to another round. Pass my drink, baby. Oh, I love it. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. So this is usually where I provide a fun noise for the masses. Oh, my God. My sound well is dry. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a special guest noise from a penguin. Oh, my God. It's a penguin doing an air horn. Can we play it? (laughs) We're out here providing outsource (laughs) noises for the top what are we doing (laughs) i love it thank you to erica who sent us this video of a penguin just just trumpeting the sounds of penguinness all right we have a full show today what's going on what's going on first of all stacy's career corner is back she's Uh, trying to fix all our lives oh my god as usual we have the return of what had happened was oh my god where tracy tells us the story of the plant that's trying to kill her i'm i'm in danger right now <laughs> you in danger girl <laughs> i'm in danger girl <laughs> and then we're so excited to have eugene merman and john roberts from our favorite show bob's burgers on the show today that's gene and linda belcher y'all and maybe we'll get to talk to gene and linda oh, oh my gosh so excited let's do it let's do it let's get into it mm-hmm. So before we get into the rest of the show, um, Heaven, the Oscars just happened. This is true. Um, the whole world's talking about it, so I guess we should too. I guess. <laughs> white people got awards. Okay. <laughs> and then some more white people got awards. Gonna guess that one. And then some white people came to talk on the stage. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Rock was like, here's some more white people. And then more white people <laughs> came out. And then Leo got his Oscar. Spoiler alert. I am happy for him. I am too. I do love me a Leo. I like the the fullness of his like face now. Like he's, <laughs> yes. he's got his adult like daddy weight, you know? Does he have kids? Daddy weight. Oh, yes, Tracy. That's right, what I like daddy. to call it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Then he walked off to fight the power, which I appreciated. Leo did? No, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, all right, white boo. I see you. Yeah, that would have been amazing. But no, Chris Leo. Rock walked back off to fight the power. I do, too. So what do you think about the monologue? It was very Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I have not seen Chris Rock do stand up in a long time. So I've forgotten that he is a pretty conservative guy when it comes to certain points of blackness. What do you mean? There's his uh, super, super famous bit from one of his routines, Black People versus Niggas. Oh, my God. The thing white people still the cite in serious conversations about race. Love. Yes, <laughs> so, so much. And so, you know, like he had, he, he had like jokes about, you know, people who are like black people who are protesting are, you know, kind of silly. Da, 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 da. That yeah. was uncomfortable. Any argument that's like, we could be protesting other things. Yeah. Like, we, we could be protesting things both. that matter. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, exactly, exactly. It's not that deep. I'm sure there were no black nominees some of those years, say 62 or 63, and black people did not protest. Why? Because we had real things to protest at the time. You know? Too busy being raped and lynched to care about who won best cinematographer. 
You know, when, you, when your grandmother's swinging from a tree, it's really hard to care about best documentary foreign short. There were lots of moments where he clearly made the audience uncomfortable, which oh, it was beautiful. Love. And like I got what he it's was my doing. Favorite hobby. <laughs> right. I get what he was doing. Like, you know, I'm gonna like tell some jokes that I know that they're gonna laugh at in the beginning. Yeah. And a lot of people saw that as like pandering because they happen to be at like at the expense of like black folks or blackness. Word. He and I'm not excusing like the way he chose to do this, but like you make them comfortable so that when you make them uncomfortable, it's like an even sharper slap in the face. Word. So that part I got. That's I wish a he real tactic. Yeah. I wish she would have done it in a different way because there was the part where they like laughed at the lynching joke a little too much Ooh. behalf of white people like it was supposed to make them uncomfortable and it didn't make them uncomfortable enough for me and mm. that made me uncomfortable <laughs> but in the end i think it says more about them than like chris for telling the jokes there are definitely some good zingers in there i mean mm-hmm. hollywood is sorority racist <laughs> absolutely you're just not a kappa <laughs> we like you but you're just not yeah a they're not gonna say we don't we don't like you niggers <laughs> right it's not a kappa girl <laughs> that's all that's all peak discomfort i think was when he made the the joke about um how the in memoriam portion was just going to be like pictures of all the black people <laughs> killed Ooh. by police officers Ooh, Ooh. this thing things are going to be a little different at the oscars this year in the in memoriam package it's just going to be black people that were shot by the cops on their way to the movies there were Audible that was groans. beautiful. It was like five minutes of ah. Uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah, sit with that motherfucker. And then it was almost like, wait, y'all, we got to get it together. <laughs> then they started like clapping and cheering. I really loved that. There was a Black Lives Matter call out at the end, which I really, really loved. But there were also like unnecessary shots at the Ask Her More thing. They're like, Ask Her More is this, I guess, like campaign to ask women more on the red carpet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, red carpet reporting makes my eyes bleed. It's terrible. <laughs> we what don't has need ever it. been we achieved don't. or learned? From a red carpet question like, girl, for anyone. And let me see your dress and go on somewhere. Now, you know, it's like, you ask the men more. Hey, everything's not sexism. Everything's not racism. They ask the men more because the men are all wearing the same outfits, okay? <laughs> Every guy in here is wearing the exact same thing. You know, if George Clooney showed up with a lime green tux on and a swan coming out his ass, somebody would go, what you wearing, George? Just even the way that, like, they have these, like, mani cams for your manicure mm-hmm. and then, like, a full body gaze up and down. They don't do that, yeah. really. <laughs> they, yeah, don't they don't gaze that way at the men. <laughs> exactly. So that but, was... Yeah. yeah, and, like, why, why would you take issue with that campaign? It was just... It just seemed random. It like, did. This is the... Hill you want to die on right now? Cool, Chris Rock. And then there was a Stacey Dash moment. What which, was the Stacey Dash moment, Tracy? So Chris Rock is like, we like to welcome like the head of the Oscars diversity department or whatever. And it's Stacey Dash. And she comes out and she's like, it's it's it makes me feel so good to do something for my people. Happy Black History Month. And then she walks <laughs> off. Honestly, I guffawed a little. Right. Like, I get it. But just like seeing her just gave me such a guttural, visceral reaction. Do white people know who Stacey Dash is? No. And that's another thing that I loved about it. Like, it was clearly like a joke that like centered like us and mm. the people that we know, you know? Or they might not know what she means to us. She's mm-hmm. not just Dion from Clueless. <laughs> right. She's right. Dion from Clueless who, at every chance she gets, Shits on black people. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in spite of her being on the cover of all in every black men's magazine for the last 20 years. Oops. Bloop, bloop. Anyway, it was the like a perfect dig at her and at the Oscars. But I just I was just like, I just don't want to share this moment with you, Stacey Dash. I don't want to. Say <laughs> you don't deserve this. You don't deserve this right now. Um, That was the Oscars. 
pretty much, folks. It was a uh, it was 17 hours of discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so annoyed that this whole Oscar season we've been talking about Oscar so white as if it's like a new thing. Yeah. It's like, bruh, since the time the Oscars have existed, we've been talking about this. Mm-hmm. Also, very predictably on the red carpet, they only asked about the mm, Oscar so white thing to, people to brown color. people. Yes. Right. I think Mark <laughs> Ruffalo like gave a really, really smart intelligence. All right, white boo. Right. I'm not mad at that one. Let me start paying more attention to you. But I mean, overall, like this whole thing, like having Chris Rock come in and like eviscerate white folks for the bullshit they've been pulling and still not make any active changes. It's just like the whole SNL thing. Like, you know, SNL doesn't have enough blah, 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 blah. And then, like, let's make jokes about it. That mm. That's a way to make us look progressive. And you're not actually doing anything. The same about the Oscars. Like, don't just put Chris Rock in a very nice suit and have him he tell jokes great. about it. He looked up. He, how is he aging backwards? <laughs> My gosh. Hey, Chris, come on the show. Right. But, like, they'll, they'll let us come in their arenas and make fun of them. And then we leave and the shit stays just as white. Yeah, and then it's like, hey, didn't we all have fun here? No. Right. <laughs> I'm still this is salty. Not over. <laughs> exactly. So those are our thoughts, guys. <laughs> dun, 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 bum. We're very excited to have Stacey Marie Ishmael back on the show for Stacey's Career Corner. By popular demand. By popular demand. This week. We're talking about internships. Interns. And we always pay our interns. Yes, yes that's for the record. Does. <laughs> God bless. Which I understand is not very common. It's not acceptable. Oh, I can tell you stories. Anyways, we've gotten a lot of questions. <laughs> we have a, a lot of people who want to know, like, can internships actually lead to anything? What mm-hmm. should you do as an intern that distinguishes you from the sea of interns? <laughs> you need to treat your internship like a mini job. Mm-hmm. And that can be difficult in some industries. You know, there's this like stereotype of all you're going to do is make photocopies. Nobody makes photocopies anymore, but for the record. <laughs> um, but make I've photocopies and get coffee. <laughs> get coffee for people and really even if your internship is very serious you might sometimes have to get coffee for people and I'm using that to mean you need to be useful to the people around you Mm. and being useful to the people around you means making sure you know what they do you know what their expectations are of you and if they don't have any you should get some Mm. and they know that you are available and these are the skills that you have and this is how you can contribute to the team and one of the biggest challenge with internships is they are often not well structured. Yes. Right? So <laughs> we happen to work for an organization which thinks a lot about internships and fellowships and how those work and what those mean. But often people get into a position of an internship and it's their first day and they're like, OK, this is your desk. That's it. (laughs) Your first thing that you should do as an intern is find out who is nominally responsible for you. (laughs) And if nobody's been assigned to you, attach yourself to someone who looks friendly. (laughs) You know, don't bombard them with questions while they're in the middle of the day, but spend some time figuring out what is what it is that people are doing. And what what do you already see that, you know, that can be helpful to them? So if you are in a media organization, it is very unlikely that if you're coming in as an entry level intern, like on your first day, you're going to like write a story that's going to appear on the homepage. There might be something happening on CNN and somebody says, hey, can somebody watch this? And you're like, yes, I can. And I'll take notes and then I'll feed them back to somebody else. Mm. Or if you're working for a technology company, it might mean 
are there any bugs if you're like a, a dev intern that I can work on? Because if in an engineering organization, a technology company, fixing bugs is like the least favorite thing for people to do. Mm. <laughs> Showing that, hey, I will fix all the bugs this week or I'll try to fix all the bugs this week. Like you will endear yourself so fast <laughs> to, to the other engineers. With all of the basics of don't get things wrong, right. <laughs> like, show up on time, like figure out what other people are wearing mm. and then wear a slightly more formal version of that. Mm. <laughs> you know, at the end of every day, ask yourself, did you learn anything and did you help anybody else? And Oof. if, you know, if you basically can tick those two boxes every single day, you've had a very successful internship, even if that doesn't turn into a job mm. because you've gone in and then when you've left, you've, you know more or you've had more useful experiences. And so one of the challenging things for is say, let, let's say you're an introvert doing an internship, <laughs> is you you have to go and talk to people um, because you can't just sit there and, you know, not stand out. And so standing out doesn't mean like shoving your nearest intern down the stairs so that you can make sure you go to the meeting <laughs> that, they were, that they were invited to. Standing out definitely means have you demonstrated to people in the room or people in the meetings or people in the office that you are interesting, that you are useful? You know, if by the end of your first week, no one knows your name, mm. you probably need to do slightly more work. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, there was a point in my like value. internship career where I was like, if I leave the room, will they even know who I was? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Will they even remember me in a semester? And that really means you have to have been listening and you have to have been paying attention mm. to what the other people around you are doing. Are there like tactful ways to ask other people who work at that company for like coffee or something to like get to know them better? Mm. I, I definitely think that the worst thing you can say is, hey, can we have coffee? Because it's like, well, why? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So coming in and saying, hey, I, you know, you're one of the editors. I'm really interested in learning more about that process. Can I take you for coffee for 20 minutes? Because mm -hmm. that then situates the conversation that you want to have mm -hmm. instead of it just being like awkward and open ended and be like, so yeah. what do yeah. you do? The point of introduction assumes that you've done some research mm. about who that person is, what their job is. And therefore, if they were to ask, well, what do you want to talk about? You know, just like, I just thought it would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> because while that is flattering, it's also a gigantic waste of everyone's time. Mm -hmm. You also have very strong feelings about being asked for by someone to pick your brain. I, I hate that phrase so much. I can't even <laughs> tell you. There's something like weird and zombie-ish about it. It's like, your brain. Just pick a little bit. I just, oh, it drives me nuts. Uh, but it also comes from people who are really asking for free consulting advice. Yes, <laughs> yes. Can you solve my business problems? Mm. Like, no. One of the, the two common tropes when asking for help is being insufficiently specific and directed about how it is that person can help you. Mm. One of my favorite things that one of my mentors ever told me is whenever you leave a meeting, if you're introduced to someone and you like them and you had a meeting, is always ask them, who else should I talk to? And if they are impressed by you, <laughs> then they may volunteer to make some introductions or they might just give you some names. But at least you have something else mm. or someone else to talk to at the end of that. So it doesn't just stop with that right. one conversation. So you mentioned like as an intern, don't get things wrong. Mm -hmm. But that's definitely going to happen. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you do? <laughs> the, the normal response that somebody has to making a mistake is trying to act like it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And that is just disastrous yeah. because... The point of how do you handle getting something wrong is not the fact that you made the mistake, although if you're making repeated mistakes, that's a different conversation. It's how do you deal with 
the mistake that you made? Mm-hmm. And how do you take responsibility, flag it to the person who needs to know about this and who can help you fix it? And like, how did you handle that? Mm. You can go cry in the bathroom after <laughs> because someone will probably have yelled at you. Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, the, the fact is you will get things wrong because you are there to learn. And part of learning is not knowing everything. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, what is the point? But owning the mistake and being really forthright about it and then not making the same mistake again. You know, there's a one of the people I most respect in product management is he's a partner at Google Ventures. His name is Ken Norton. And he always says, make new mistakes. Right. Mm. So the mistake that you make on your first day should not be the mistake that you make on the last day of your internship. Ooh, brilliant. I want to encourage people to like not accept unpaid things. This is, I know that's hard because I this had is one to of those, do that struggle. Like yeah. horrible structural things that I hold the organizations, organ- you know, that it is is the responsibility of the institutions mm. not to sustain an exploitative system. And it's exploitative. heard that in the back. <laughs> yes, for the people in the cheap seats. <laughs> cheap seats. You know, the reason I say it's exploitative is because what it does is it sets it up so that only people who can afford to work for free yes. get these kinds of opportunities, mm. which inevitably means <laughs> you know, you're going to hurt your diverse candidate pool mm. because Ooh. of all of the things that we know about right. who gets to work in media and who gets to work in technology and where those opportunities come from. Mm-hmm. If you can't pay them, there still needs to be some kind of very specific tangible benefits. Right. And at a minimum buy them food and pay for their transportation Listen. costs. <laughs> Literally the live. very least you could do <laughs> it is, it is, is keep like, them alive while they work for you. That bar is so low it's on the floor. It's just like, <laughs> make sure your interns aren't hungry and that they can get to home, school, back, whatever right. it is. So. Mm. If you are having a horrible internship experience, it's often not your fault. Sometimes it is absolutely 100% your fault, <laughs> but it's, it's often the responsibility of the people who set up that program. Ugh, word. Stacey Marie, thank, thank you so you much. Thank you so much. I'm sure you all have this changed, intern wisdom. <laughs> you changed somebody's life out there today. I can feel it. If you would like to follow Stacey Marie and all of the amazing things that she does out of the studio, <laughs> you can find her on Twitter at... S underscore M underscore I. You can find her awesome work at the BuzzFeed News app. Buzzfeed.com slash news app. Yep, yep. So today's what had happened was serves both as an entertaining story and also um, a bit of a cry for help. <laughs> if somebody does not see me for a while, oh for a couple gosh. of days, y'all texting me, you can't get in touch with me. Uh, my houseplant has probably killed me. Okay, Tracy, walk me through this. Okay, so the story actually starts... Back in June, when I moved into my apartment, right, Mm -hmm. I had a lovely, very, very lovely orchid named Larry. Larry. Larry was a gift from a dear friend, and uh, Larry was great. You know, we (laughs) I would come home every day. Hey, Larry, how you doing? You know, when I left in the morning, hey, Larry, see you later. Have a good day. Blah blah blah. (laughs) And in a month or so, Larry was dead. He has gone off to that greenhouse in the sky. I don't know. I'm just. I'm not as good with plants as I like to think that I am. Do orchids require particular care? Uh, it's kind of hard to kill an orchid. Oh, so, I didn't know. Yeah. So yeah. you fucked up. Uh, <laughs> that's my fault. That's my bad, Larry. Um, my grandmother had a great green thumb. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, I can identify several types of plant. I can grow them, too. <laughs> and so my dear friend got me another plant. Right. Oh, wow. This friend is. 
yeah optimistic well. <laughs> <laughs> um i get a new plant mm-hmm. it's a beautiful like green fern thingy it's got like huge like waxy looking leaves okay. beautiful beautiful plant it is called i've since learned a diffenbachia plant Ooh. you know i've been like struggling to get my little two pieces of apartment together like <laughs> I got a couch now. What? I got a bookshelf and a coffee table and a side table. So I'm like, this needs to feel more like a home. I don't have a TV yet, Mm. but I can get a plant. (laughs) Nothing says home like a plant, right? So his name is Giovanni. Okay. Gigi for short. All right. And you know what? From the start, something was a little off about our friendship, right? Uh, Like we just didn't talk as much as me and Larry did. But you know what? Just got him. New home. He's still filling it out. We just met, you know, (laughs) a couple days in. I'm like, oh, snap. I don't know how to care for this plant. And it didn't have like the little sticker thing with the name on it. Mm. So I text my friend. I'm like, hey, uh, I don't know how to take care of this plant. What's it called? And so he sends me a link explaining how to care for your Diffenbachia, which is also known as a dumb cane. Right. What? I'm going to explain this later. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm scrolling through the the page. Oh man, light and temperature. Yeah, wider than feet and sure. <laughs> Top shoots. I don't know what those are. <laughs> Cuttings. Pest and problems. Blah 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 blah. And then at the bottom it says warning, Diffenbachia poisonous. Uh, I say excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm reading about this plant and it's it can like kill me. What do you mean? It's poisonous. I'm just gonna read this. From the website. It's true. Diffenbachia leaves and stems are poisonous if eaten. It has been said one bite paralyzes your voice. Oh, my God. Two paralyzes you. Three, you're dead. It's fatal. What? What? <laughs> what? Wait, so, but you're not planning on eating it. Okay. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. I'm like, mm, as long as I don't fry it up with some <laughs> collard greens or whatever, I'm going to be okay. You're not even supposed to touch this plant without gloves because the sap from the leaves and the stem can like cause like a painful rash on any part of your body that it touches. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. It says... Do not put your plant in locations where pets and children may come in contact with them. Oh, my gosh. Them. Do not allow an animal, cats love them, to <laughs> chew on the plant leaves. Yo, plants, oh my God. cats really like this plant. Like, um, nom, 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 nom. And then your cat's dead. Like, this, this is a murderous plant, okay? okay? This plant is a killer. Avoid getting any of the sap in your eyes or mouth and Jeez. wear gloves when you handle the plant. Then I found out that this little bastard can grow to be four to five feet feet tall <laughs> and it's just chilling in my home are you kidding me and then after i read this i look at the leaves a little bit guess what i saw what little bitty droplets of sap Mm-mm. all over it Mm-mm. so the plant hates me okay. which is why we never got along wait how do you know it hates you if it liked me it would have been like oh let me chill on this poisonous sap production <laughs> and keep it to myself okay there is a movie that is literally like one of the top three best movies ever made. It's called Little Shop of Horrors. I don't know if you've seen it. <sighs> Heaven is so good. So it's a musical about a big murderous plant from outer space that stop, wants to take over stop. the world. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Stars Rick Moranis, who I love, by the way. Shout out to Rick Moranis. But the plant's name is Audrey 2. Audrey 2 kills and eats everybody and takes over the world. So Gigi's new name is Audrey 3 <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that that's what's happening. So in conclusion, if anything happens to me, y'all, the plant did it. 
Wait, wait, wait. What is the cane situation? Oh, it's called the dumb cane because like it has like really, really big, thick stalks, like cane sized stalks. Uh-huh. Dumb is a reference to the paralyzing that you have. Oh my in. God. Right? Its nickname is after like all the horrible damage that it will do to you. And this is this is my friend, <laughs> quote unquote. So did you get rid of it? No. He's cute. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? It looks very nice in my living room. What am I supposed to do? Tracy. I gotta water him today, so if you see me tomorrow. <laughs> Did you get gloves at least? No. <laughs> Tracy. <laughs> I'm doing this. Wrong. I know this thing could kill me. <laughs> Paralyze me. I'm gonna try to love this thing because I know what it's like when you are hard to love and don't nobody wanna take a chance on you. But do you I'm try to kill people? <laughs> I mean, depends on who you ask. <laughs> Do you know what my favorite quote about murder is? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many juice from heaven. What's your favorite? I've never killed anyone, it's true. But for lack of time and courage, not for lack of desire. Mm. <laughs> That's me. That's so accurate. That's beautiful. Eduardo Galliano. <laughs> okay, y'all. So... We have talked about Bob's Burgers for a long time on this show. <laughs> Bob's Burgers is a show that airs on Fox. It's an animated show. So it basically follows the the Belcher family. They have a little restaurant, a little burger restaurant. It's cute. They have a burger pun of the day all the time. <laughs> like, I don't believe in magic burger. <laughs> Mission, a corn plished burger comes with corn salsa. <laughs> The majority of the show takes place in like this in the restaurant or like they have adventures outside the restaurant. They follow the kids. They follow the parents. Gene is an incredibly deadpan child. <laughs> yeah, he loves music and he has a lot of feminist leanings. Take back the night. Yes. He has screamed on more than one occasion. <laughs> <laughs> and then Linda is my favorite TV Aww, mom. She's the best mom. She she knows how to have fun. She likes her. She likes her mommy juice, her wine. <laughs> but she's such a loving, kind, and like supportive. So supportive. Mom. She'll she'll follow her kids on their crazy adventures. Yeah. Like, like, you know what? I'll go through this with you. <laughs> the show's a lot of fun, and I love all the like random silly things that can happen in that universe. Mm-hmm. We're excited to have Eugene Merman, aka Gene from Bob's Burgers, in this dude hello hello welcome welcome um and we are also very excited to have john roberts aka linda joining us from la hi guys hi hi linda slash john hello hi john (laughs) hi eugene (laughs) one random side note about bob's burgers it's the only time i've ever laughed at a white person's n-word joke Mm. Because Linda was like, uh, she's in the situation where she's in a yarn store. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a yarn store, what is that called? Fabric? Heaven, <laughs> if you ask me. Anyways, yeah. a yarn yeah. store and uh, she's asking this person, oh, do you knit? And he opens his trench coat and he's wearing a blue turtleneck <laughs> and it says, Nitta's for life. <laughs> and Linda goes, what up, my Nitta? <laughs> yeah. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Only N-word joke from white people I've ever laughed at. <laughs> So welcome to the show, y'all. Thank you. Oh, Thanks yeah. For us. Woo. We are so excited that you're here. This show is such a big part of both of our self-care routines. And we talk about self-care a lot because life is hard and life is long. And sometimes you just need to, like, tune out everything and watch some good cartoons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Facts. So thank you for existing. Oh, my God. I heard Linda. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Yeah, she's here with you. <laughs> she wishes she wants some of that rum. Oh, Linda, I'm sorry we can't get you some rum. No. 
Okay. Aww. We'll so, drink your portion, though. It's all right. We're going to start with <laughs> Eugene first. Sure. Mark Marin called you one of the greatest absurdists of our time. Oh, that's very nice of him. You have a great habit of taking out ads in newspapers to protest companies like Delta and Time Warner that have yeah. wronged you. Love who has it. not been wronged by Time Warner <laughs> and Delta? Yeah. Where does your comedy come from? Um, I guess it comes from sort of uh, uh, my, uh, probably my weird interpretation of everyday things. <laughs> you know, a lot of it like taking out an ad in Time Warner uh, and that sort of thing. You know, it's stuff that I think happens to everybody. And then I become obsessively angry and then think of a funny way to maybe deal with it. Because I saw that and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a petty person. I didn't know we could raise the petty to these levels. <laughs> yeah. But then you get to perform it. And, you know, for me, like yeah. it, it's it's a it's a break even proposition. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so how did you get to Bob's Burgers? Oh, um, so I've known Lauren Bouchard for a while. I used to do comedy in Boston when he was working on Dr. Katz. Mm -hmm. And I lived with uh, Brendan Small, who created home movies with him. You know, so Lauren would come to the third floor of a Chinese restaurant, the comedy studio on the third floor of the Hong Kong restaurant in Harvard Square, when people would come to do Dr. Katz in Boston. And he would come hang out and see comedy. And he saw me there and Brendan there. So... You know, when they started making home movies, you know, I had done an episode with them. And then uh, when we uh, when we had moved here, Lauren had me on Lucy, Daughter of the Devil. And then when he was making the Bob's Burgers, mm -hmm. which we actually created like a pilot that we worked on for maybe like two years or something, like tweaking little things. Tina was originally Dan, who is uh, played Dan? by Dan. Yeah, oh, Tina oh, was right, originally right. sorry. <laughs> Tina was originally a boy named Dan. Mm -hmm. oh. And then it was changed to be a girl named Tina with still Dan Mintz doing the voice <laughs> but we had sort of worked on it and we would record stuff and then improvise and we did that for really a year and a half or two and then one day we we're told it was picked up um we're gonna pivot to john i am obsessed absolutely obsessed with linda like linda is who i want to be both now and also once i have kids one day um <laughs> and according to our research um linda's voice is based on your mom who you described as the Brooklyn Italian mom that everyone knows. Um, <laughs> nice. I've, I've only lived in Brooklyn for like a year and a half. So tell me about the Brooklyn Italian mom that everyone yeah. knows. Yeah. I think it was a period of time where my mom came up in Brooklyn and um, it's, you know, they all live in Florida now, but um, oh. so it's it could be Jewish too. And it's kind of just, just that New York mom that kind of guilts her kids and makes great food and, guilts her kids, and, <laughs> um, you know, keeps everything real clean. And it's a very generational thing, too. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't know that, the, you know, it's kind of like a, a dying breed almost, you know, yeah. unless unless our generation pulls it together. I could see some Gen Xers turning out like that. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't shaken it off yet. So, you know, tell us more about your mom. I'm, I'm very interested yeah. to see, like, how much of Linda you borrowed from your, your mother, like, what did she do? What was growing up with her life? Well, moms are the best. Let's talk about moms. They give us life, first <laughs> they, of all. Literally. Uh, my, you know, my parents split when I was a year old. My dad moved into uh, New York City. <laughs> this is like a therapy session now. And, uh, <laughs> talk and to my, us, John. Talk to us. Oh, it hurts. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he was on the Upper East Side, and my, my mom, you know, kind of raised me and my sister in Jersey. And, uh, you know, so I was kind of... 
more raised by my mom, and uh, she's kind of a very type A personality. Worked a, a couple jobs, and um, you know, but she could also party a little bit too. So she had her Ooh. wine and things like that. But you'd yes, never, mom. you'd never really know. She's always kind of put together and that kind of thing, and very, very strong uh, woman. And you know, when they divorced in the '70s, it was very much that time for like women's empowerment and stuff. Oh, like Oh yes, so, mom, get it. So she took, she took it and and ran. You know, so it's kind of. Very lucky. She's very supportive and uh, very loving and just, you know, really uh, accepted accepted her children for who they were. And, um, you know. <laughs> when she when she speaks to people, do people ever say, oh, my gosh, you sound just like the mom from Bob's Burgers? Well, no, she'll tell them. So, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, she she'll usually um, really tone it down when when like we did an interview for it was like an early morning thing on good day new york a long time ago and uh people watch that and they're like wow I, you know you say you base your your character on your mother and she was nothing like that but you know you get a couple <laughs> baileys in her and you know get her around the christmas tree and you know she yes. lights up she lights right up uh, is that where the the drinking uh Linda jokes come from <laughs> mommy doesn't get drunk she just has fun yeah I mean I think all cool mommies drink a little alcohol you know and uh, it's you know it's probably a coping me- mechanism for the fact that kids are screaming at you all day long you know but I, I like that Linda and Bob are a team and they're in control and they they discipline and love their kids but you know mommy mommy needs playtime too you know right Eugene I guess mm-hmm. since your actual voice is basically the voice of your character yeah. in the show when you're just like trying to do regular stuff and like live your life like order a pizza or like yeah. call somebody to like make an appointment do people ever like recognize you by your voice occasionally i mean yeah i've had occasionally people go like this is a weird question but <laughs> you sound exactly like the cartoon and i'm like uh it's because it's me and the amount also that in your real life people just don't think you're going to be in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of funny when you're like, yeah, it's me. Like, I'm in uh, sorry, I'm in Syracuse right now. And they're we don't like, live why? In why are you here? <laughs> like, I had a show or something? Anyway. But yeah. Uh-huh. So occasionally people do and it's... Do you ever disguise your actual voice to keep that from happening when you just don't feel like dealing with the potential fallout? I don't think that there's been a situation where I'm at a bar and I'm like, oh, I'd like a Jack and Coke. I I hope no one knows that this is me. But thank you for thinking that I have to go through life pretending to not be Gene for Buffs Burgers because it's overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Are there there things you've discovered about your voice or the way you speak by just doing the show? Um, I feel like I've learned a lot about myself by just doing this podcast. Like what? I really lean on inflections when I speak. And sometimes I don't do the right inflection and it's very confusing. That's what I've learned. I'm like, oh, your inflections have to match what you're saying. Are you forgetting to breathe? That's what's happening. Maybe a nice vocal class would be good for you. Yes. And take a singing class. I would. Ooh. Yeah. I think I, uh, I, yeah, I think same, similar to inflections. I'm like, oh, I talk a little sillier than I thought. <laughs> like I hear myself as like, <laughs> and it's more like, meh, meh, meh. it's like, okay, uh, I didn't know that, but good to know. <laughs> um, John, what what yeah. were you doing right before Bob's Burgers? I was homeless. No, um, <laughs> I was doing like um, mostly. Stand-up comedy and and sketch comedy, um, uh-huh. and I I wrote I wrote a pilot with Bob Odenkirk for MTV that 
was very close to getting picked up, but it did not. Um, I DJed in New York City and... Oh, my God. What was your DJ name? Oh, good question. Uh, good question. DJ John Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Supreme Court boring. Justice. Yeah. John Roberts exactly. in the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I love that when they play that, those... Yeah. Um, that's, that's good. Very you New do York. a good air horn. Very and then it'd be like... Yeah, that song. Um, no, <laughs> no, you don't know that song. It's really gross. I know so, all the oom stuff though. Oops, a lot of oops, lot of waiting oops. tables, a lot of a lot of struggle, a lot of shit sandwiches along the way. But always, you know, I made music. I was in a band, Opti Grab, and we played with Blondie and Scissor Sisters and Go Go Bordello and Toilet Boys and very downtown, you know, Bowery Ballroom and Mercury Lounge. Um, you know, just a, a creative kind of. Gen Xer, you know, we really took our time at Gen Xers. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I took 10 years just riding around the East Village on a, a bicycle with a banana seat. You know, that that felt good for me. <laughs> you know, like millennials are right into their careers and stuff. So it's kind of, you know, it's I'm kind of slow and steady wins the race. But thank God it landed, you know, on Bob's because, uh, you know, it's definitely a great job to have. So Aww. one of the things I really like about the show and it's really hard to pull off is that you could actually watch, like, f- this is actually family comedy. Adults yeah. will enjoy it, and children will enjoy it. Like, yeah. yes. I used to babysit, and that is very hard to find, <laughs> yeah. where you yeah. can, like, sit yeah. with the child and actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. talk to a lot of people, yeah, who are, like, families who are like, this is a thing I can watch. It's, like, yeah. barely risque. Or it's a kind of risque that you're like, well, that's in the world anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Or it's the kind of risque that, like, kids just don't get, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When y'all were little, did you ever like was this ever a dream that you had did you ever think that you would possibly be a voice actor doing cartoons john i actually did not i always wanted to act it's a really hard world to get into so it just kind of came out of nowhere which is also the best way to get a job i did some creative visualization but that was more in like my 30s just like rocking back and forth in the east village just like after i <laughs> just got back from coin star and just like <laughs> A slice of pizza, you know, just dreaming, you know, like I would love to do voiceover. How about you, Eugene? I don't know that it was a specific goal as much as something that I love doing. Okay, one more yeah. quick, quick question before we head into um, Pew Pew Pew. Eugene, sure. when did you know that you were funny? Um, I think at some point in high school, I realized that I wasn't uh, the most awkward, saddest child. I was just <laughs> very funny. Mm. And that people didn't fully yet understand. Um, mm-hmm. So somewhere around seventeen or eighteen is probably when I was like, oh, I think it might be funny. Uh-huh. Like I think what it like what I was thinking was like depressing and weird is actually yeah. humor. <laughs> <laughs> it is so real. Yeah. So, it's so real. So yeah. So then I started <laughs> to then yeah pursue comedy. Mm-hmm. I um, wish I had that realization earlier. It's, when did you have yours? Have yeah. You? All my depressing thoughts were <laughs> just depressing thoughts. But oh. then I learned jokes. Yeah. jokes can be made of them. And in fact, they are jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, when did you learn? Do you remember? Like last year, maybe. Oh, awesome. okay. <laughs> so if you're 19 now, then it's about the same time. <laughs> yeah. I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> so you beat me by decades. John, what about you? I used to make my family laugh and I would end up uh, going on vacation, you know, because my mom was also friends with a lot of other single moms that had daughters. So there were never any guys around. So I would just make all the girls laugh and, uh, you know, they would all get like, you know, in the hotel room, I'd get them all in the bed and then like 
perform for them. Or uh, I think when the first video camera came out, my mom had a wig and I pretended I was Brooke Shields and uh, <laughs> did that Calvin Klein commercial. And then I would say, nothing comes between me and my Calvins. And then I would make a fart sound and be like, Oops. So I was like really stupid. But uh, I, I really, I would make people, you know, that it was started. It always starts with a fart joke. Would, would you yell in 26 years, I'll be paid for this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're going to take a short break, but before we do, let's hear an exclusive. We got an exclusive clip from the next episode of Bob's Burgers. In this episode, uh, the Belcher family decides to buy a new couch. What do we have to look forward to in this one? Well, Wanda Sykes is in it, and she's amazing. So just the fact that we got to work with Wanda Sykes was awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, oh, also uh, Jordan Peele. Mm. Dope. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything the the Belcher's own, they're, they're always kind of emotionally attached to it. So there's definitely some emotional attachment to this couch, is mm-hmm. what I'll say. But uh, yeah. Eugene, any other? Uh... I think that there's a desire to get a new couch, but a love of the old couch. Mm. Let's listen to a clip. And when we return, we'll get to know Jean and Linda Belcher a little bit. Yay! Hi, Jean. Hi, Linda. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Aww. I love the sofa queen. Her sofas are firm, but they're fair. Uh, Dad? Yeah? While we're on the subject of couches, maybe it would be a good time for you and Mom to have, you know, the talk. Oh. What's she mean? What talk? Is this about how messy Mom's purse has been? I love balled-up receipts as much as the next guy, but come on! No, Jean. Um, Lynn, you really love the sofa queen, right? Maybe we should go to her store sometime. Oh, fun. That would be fun. And, Dad? Uh, and while we're there, maybe we could get a new couch. What? No, Bobby, no. I love our couch. It's family. No, no, absolutely not. No. We're family, and we're sitting on the floor. The couch smells really bad, Lynn. It smells like memories. Memory musk. It smells like if all the food we spilled on it had a war with all the butts that sat on it. I'm mostly getting dad. The stuffing in the cushions is all lumpy. Well, your cushions are pretty lumpy too, mister. Oh, I love you lumps. Come on, let me talk. Come on. Support for another round comes from Squarespace. With Squarespace, sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. They take the guesswork out of the complicated stuff. Which brings us to a little thing we like to call the code name drinking game. Mm-hmm. The rules are simple. I will present Fair Heaven with a terrifying HTML code, and she has to guess what it means. And if she loses, she drinks. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, so first up, we have the letters B and R inside the little greater than, less than symbols. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Does that piece of code mean, A, it's a tag for a line break to move text onto a new line? Mm-hmm. B, it's a code for a bullet repetition to autofill bullet points for a large amount of text? C, it's a code for a broken link to alert users to a broken URL? Or D, it's a command for a bold reply to infuse your timid response with a little more gusto. Uh, no, it's definitely not that one. <laughs> I'm going to go with line break. That is correct. Yes, bitch. Good job, Ed. You should drink anyway. You deserve it. I do. Yay. <laughs> Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. The site is intuitive and the tools are easy to use and there's no coding required. And if you sign up for a year, you get a completely free domain. When you sign up, make sure to use the offer code another round and get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace.
Okay, so now is the fun part of the interview. Um, if for some reason you weren't having fun before, that's <laughs> fine. It changes now. This is our rapid-fire question segment that we like to call Pew, Pew, Pew. John, you can't see me, but I'm doing finger guns in the air, and the Pew, Pew, Pew is because guns shoot guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can yeah, see you, and it makes perfect sense what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. For this edition of Pew, Pew, we are very, very excited to welcome into the show Linda Belcher and Gene Belcher. From the very show that we've been talking about. Hi, Linda. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Gene, how are you doing today? Hi. <laughs> I'm not going to be Hi, Gene. There's my Jeannie. Oh. Hi, Mom. Hi, Hi. Mother. I don't know oh. if I can make it through this. <laughs> I can't wait till you let me try Prosecco. <laughs> None for you. It's all for Mommy. <laughs> Maybe when I'm 14. Yeah, as soon as we stop breastfeeding. Great. (laughs) We're going to make it, Tracy. Where's the Cambenzola? Okay, hold on, I can do it. We're going to make it, we're going to make it. You have questions? (laughs) We do have questions. (laughs) So many questions. Okay, so Gene. Yeah? I assume that when you grow up, you want to be a musician. Is that correct? I don't want to limit it to something like that. I think entertainer is, okay. is more is more accurate. Mm. Uh, but yeah, would, uh, would I be some sort of uh, musical comedy kind of fun house? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> An empresario. Oh, that's a nice word. <laughs> a child like Andy Warhol. <laughs> I'm impressed that you know who Andy Warhol is. I don't. <laughs> Um, Jean, do you identify as a feminist? Uh, yeah. And I'm 11. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is? I think it's like if a lady wants to, you know, buy a bookstore, she can. I think if she wants to <laughs> have a race car, she can. Um, she can be a doctor or, uh, you know, uh, own all the spaghetti. Yeah. Like all of it, Own like she all could all the spaghetti. I mean, all at any at any given time, <laughs> there's a certain amount of spaghetti in a world, and I think that if anyone can have it all, they are. It's fine. I don't care if it, who has it. Mm, so that women can good have answer. it all. <laughs> great, they Linda. Can have it all. You've done a great job with this one. Uh, so, Thank Linda, you. we're so curious about your your relationship and your marriage. How do you keep things spicy? Because you've been married for a while, right? Yeah. Did I have a side piece? Oh, really? Yeah. Exclusive. Yeah. Uh, tell us about this side piece. Well, I think you might know who he is. Is it Mr. Fish Odor? Nah. No. Oh, good, good. I was worried for a second. Oh, uh, another one. Name someone else. Uh, is it Teddy? No. Maybe. What? No, no, no. Oh. It's not Teddy. It's not Teddy. It's not Teddy. <laughs> Yeah. It's anyone but Teddy. It's not Teddy. <laughs> it definitely is not Teddy. <laughs> it's definitely not Teddy. Ugh, disgusting. Ugh, Teddy. <laughs> hey, hey, Teddy's not that bad. Ugh, he uh, seems like a good guy. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> Nothing at all. Oh, I forgot that your your son is here. We shouldn't. Yeah. Have we oh, should no. have this conversation. Yeah. What's There's a an eleven-year-old here, and he wants Next to question. know what a side piece is. <laughs> It's like when you order a three-piece of chicken, but they give you an extra piece on the side. Oh, my God. Bob, uh, no, Bobby keeps it spicy. Does he? he? keeps it spicy. Yeah. I feel like you guys are my relationship goals, personally. And if I get a relationship once... Oh. <laughs> I thought I was being sweet. <laughs> that's, that's fine. So my question, in spite, uh. what celebrity would you grant your spouse 
a pass for? Oh. And who would uh, you want Bob to grant you a pass for? Well, Bobby's always been a real big Sally Fields fan. Mm, didn't see that one coming. And for me, Tom Selleck. <laughs> that one I saw coming. Yeah. That's a nice mustache. I was going to be mad if, he did, if, she, if she didn't say Tom <laughs> Or a Madeline Albright for Bobby. Why can Dad only hook up with people who are frail? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, Jean, I have a question for you. Sure. When your mommy has her special mommy juice, uh huh. How would you describe her? What is she like when she has her special juice? I would say that she, her love goes from "I love you" one to "I love you" one point four. <laughs> <laughs> And it's super fun. And also, a lot of the rules that we have that are like, you can't do that. It's more like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. I can't That's tell. That's right. When yeah. I drink, I love my kids just a little bit more. Aw, it's yep. beautiful. It's beautiful. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, Linda, what annoys you the most about your kids? Mm, good question. Well, nothing. Oh. When mom drinks, I can borrow more money. Ooh. All right, Gene's farts. Gene's farts. Just kidding, baby. They're like they're like sweet candy. Yeah. To my nose. Carrot cake. Carrot cake. They're like nose candy. They smell like mommies. They smell just like mommies. Okay. Like eggs. Hey. Fresh farm organic eggs. Oh, I, I don't know which which is worse. Candy okay. corner eggs. Yeah, mm, they're both farts. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your biggest musical influence? Oh, it's it's hard to say. Uh, I guess Roger. Mommy. Some combination of uh, Hamilton the musical and Ooh. Roger Daltrey. <laughs> right. And whoever the edge is. <laughs> I love Julio Iglesias. Yes, yes. Pat Benatar. <laughs> and Madonna. So, Linda, you like to sing, too. We've noticed. Yes, I do. <laughs> what do you got? Me, me, me. <laughs> Feel a song coming on. Do you follow, follow that? Okay, so here's the thing. We could use a new theme yeah. song. Would you like to? Um, Should we make one up? Yeah. I also like to sing very randomly. On the fly. So maybe we can sing a song together about the show. I mean, yeah. Okay, so I'll start and you just you just chime in when you when you get ready. Okay? Here we go. Okay. Hanging out with friends, drinking a little bit of drink. I think I'll have another round. Cause my Bobby, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Why does Gene smell that way? We don't know. I smell fine and I want some snacks. <laughs> Let's pull up to the bar and get another round get another and interview round. some people. Put it on a podcast. Another round. That's I love beautiful. it. <laughs> My heart is glowing. Let's get dim sum. <laughs> How are you not signed to a record label yet? It's a, it's a travesty that you are not. I know. On that beautiful note, <laughs> um, we are so happy you all stopped by the studio, joined us from L.A. 
Thank you guys so yeah. much for entertaining all our questions. This was beautiful. Thank you. Another round. Of Thank course. you very much for of having course. us. Are you guys on social media? Can people follow you on Twitter they and the Instagrams and the Snappity Chats yeah. and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eugene, where can people find you? Just at EugeneMerman.com. No, not doc. Anyway, you get it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, same thing, I think, on Instagram. Uh huh. Cool. John? I'm John Roberts Fun on Twitter and Instagram. My Instagram's not really for kids. Oh, uh, let me join Twitter, right I try away. to keep it clean. Yeah. There's a lot of bulges and shit. Oh, it's just, where's my phone? It's just largely <laughs> photographs of models Excuse and me. people from the 80s, right, John? <laughs> yeah, no. I Actually, it's more than that. It's it's fun. We have a good time. We have a good time. Okay. We do. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you, guys. Tracy. Wit. It's time to buy some rounds. Ah! Around for. <laughs> I'm really excited for today. I am buying a round for projectors. Ooh! I recently bought a projector. If you watch as much TV as I do, like mm-hmm. you invest in something like this. Right, right. Oprah taught me if. <laughs> so if you're shopping and you buy like pants that are fifty dollars, you should wear it fifty times in a year to make it cost effective. Right. So if I buy pants that are five hundred dollars, I have to wear them five hundred times in a year. Well, that's physically impossible. Mm, but I mean, fair. <laughs> it can be still like yeah. 250 times a year and then it's like $2 every day. Okay. <laughs> Either way, you have to be able to live with that number of how many times you'd have to wear it. Right. And how many times or like how much it costs every day. I'm into that. I'm so into that. I was like, all right. I watch a lot of TV. It's definitely going to be cost effective. Mm-hmm. And I never leave my room. So <laughs> my, might as well make it a great experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got a, like a big ass projector. It like projects onto the wall right in front of my bed. So I'm just lounging. I'm chilling. Oh but like the picture is like. The picture is incredible. What? Incredible quality. So now if you're looking for me, I'm at home watching Beyonce videos on a wall. <laughs> watching all my shows on a wall. Can you also project it to the ceiling? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I um, never leave my bedroom. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I have the ultimate Netflix and chill situation. Ooh, ultimate! I know people like Netflix because it's like a solitary TV experience, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to bring back the communal TV experience. Ooh. And I invite people over. Got enough space. About to buy a couch to put in my room. What? Yeah, we yeah. Big ass room. We got room for a couch. I do. That's amazing. I'm feeling a bit luxurious right now. I'm not going to lie. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I really enjoy watching TV with friends. Aww. I'm trying to get this Good Wife Club popping, but now they want to fucking in. end the show. Oh. That's fucking rude. Wait, forever? It's the last season. They announced this during the Super Bowl in an off, offhand commercial. So fucking rude. We'll get what? back to that later, guys. Oh but the point is... <laughs> Um, oh, in no. the same way that people have book clubs, I'm mm-hmm. trying to have TV, TV clubs. Club. I'm in. I'm yep. into it. Um, Everyone's welcome to my house. TV party in heaven. Yay. Bye, projector. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, are they expensive? Yeah. Ooh, but they have cheaper ones, but like obviously the quality yeah. decreases, but it's totally doable if you want just like a small one. Nice. One quick side note. Mm-hmm. Do you recall my round for braids at the beginning yes. of Blacker History Month? I definitely I do. forgot a very crucial detail. About braids. You know what that is? What is that? The best thing about braids is the hair flip. Ooh. I forgot the hair flip. Listen, you know I'm a dramatic person. Yeah, I mean, it's a great exclamation point to anything, <laughs> yes. literally. Um, so hair flip is a it's a state of mind, mm-hmm. not just an action. You right. don't need long hair to hair flip. Mm-hmm. But 
braids really, really do accentuate a point. Yeah, having actual hair just... to flip really like yeah. enhances the whole thing. But yeah, that's it. I just wanted to make sure everyone understood. <laughs> yeah, hair flips are important. Um, I have a round. <laughs> Who are you buying around for, Tracy? I'm buying around for friends. Oh. Uh, not love. the TV show. No. Jesus. No, <laughs> um, so yeah, man, friends have have been great. And I think it's something that... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is literally like a new... Have you heard of friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really how I feel, though. This is like a new revelation for me because like, I remember distinctly a time in my life when like, I had no friends, really, mm. or like one or two maybe because my anxiety was so bad that first of all I seemed really weird to people and they were like eh I know who she is but I ain't trying to sit with her which fine fair I get it I was really weird um and then two like I just didn't trust anybody makes sense so yeah like I've had like at any given time in my life like one to two friends until like until I started taking my anxiety medicine really mm. but like shortly before that I was really like okay because I moved back to Louisville from Philly and like so many people that I was friends with in little before either weren't there anymore. They had moved. They're working all the time. They got families, whatever. So I'm like, OK, I'm a 20 something adult. I'm going to go make friends, which is hard to do as an adult. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. When you're in school, it's like, OK, I see you every day in fifth period. So it makes sense for us to like talk to each other. But like, yeah. you know, like what do you do when you're like 28? And you're like on a bus stop and you're like, man, this person seems really cool. Mm. How do I become their friend? You can't <laughs> do it in stop. a non-creepy way. You can't. <laughs> Hi, bus person. I see you're waiting on the same bus. We got stuff in common. You want to hang out sometimes? Doesn't work. It doesn't work <laughs> at all. I'm not saying that I've tried. I'm also not saying that I have not tried. But that particular tactic doesn't work. Mm. Now, like, I'm at a point in my life where I have, like, lots of, like, people that I would call in an emergency if I had to. Mm. And it just like makes dealing with crises so much easier, oh, <laughs> you know. Um, I have a key to Tracy's apartment. Still haven't been there. <laughs> Listen, but I suppose I'm one of those people. If you want to come and hang out with my murderous plant, <laughs> feel free, <laughs> feel free. But women friends, especially like I never knew the merits of having like a good group of girlfriends until like the yes. past year. It is amazing because men are the source of so much of my grief. Who else can I complain about men with? Other women. It's great. It's, it's therapeutic. It's so I love beautiful. it. Over Christmas. I got my heart broken when I went back home oh. because my life is a comedy and it's like, yo, what's the worst possible time for this to happen? Oh, Your Tracy. favorite holiday, <laughs> Christmas. And it was weird because I usually deal with like traumatic things and like just like really sadness and sorrow alone because I don't want to be like a bother to anybody else. Oh, Tracy. And that I end up like just like smiling during the day and then going home and like crying, which is, you know, not the funnest thing. But this time I was like, I'm going to call some fucking friends mm. and I'm going to let people know that I'm sad and that I'm hurting Good, because I don't want to just like sit here and hurt by myself. So it doesn't have any place to go. This is the first time that I've ever like cried to my mom about a boy Aww. ever. I'm 33 years old. It's been rough, but like I'm good and I'm good because of my friends. There was just one night when I was putting together a bunch of Ikea furniture <laughs> to make my house look like a home. And it was just a struggle day. Like I woke up in mm. tears and I was just like crying all day. And I was like, the last thing I need to do is just sit here by myself and stew. So even though I was in like the 
grotiest sweats I had. I'm like, my eyes were all puffy. I sent out an emergency email to four of my really, really good friends here. Aww. And I was like, y'all, I'm having boy problems. I'm having issues. I got a bunch of Ikea furniture. You come <laughs> over. I'll get you, like, I'll supply the wine and the pizza, whatever. And they were just like, we're on our way. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh. Girl Squad so Assemble. <laughs> I know, I know. And like, even like dude friends have been okay about it, you know? Like there's surprise, surprise. Surprise, <laughs> the damn prize. Uh one of my good friends at home, he would like check in and be like, Hey, you know, how's it going? And usually I'm like, Oh, I'm fine. But like I allowed myself to say, um, it feels like there's a knife in my heart and somebody's twisting it over and over again. Mm. But aside from that, I feel good, you know, and it just it felt really, really nice to have like all these outlets to like deal with things. I'm still dealing with it, but like I'm standing up, which is a huge victory for me. So I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Um, This reminds me of one of my favorite vines Mm -hmm. from this kid. The account is under his mom, Harmony Smith. Mm -hmm. But this is the song. Oh, I know this of adult friendship. (laughs) Hold on, my fave. Hey, I think you're really cool. I like you a lot. Maybe we can hang out or something. (laughs) I love this kid. That kid is me. Maybe we can hang out or something. Oh, I love it. So thanks to all my friends, Evan. Oh, thank you, my friend. You bring so much joy to other people's lives, so I'm Aww. glad other people can do the same for you. Oh my God, I might cry. Hey, I think you're really cool. Uh, I uh, like uh, you a lot. Uh, uh, Maybe we can hang, hang out, out or, or something. something. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Hey, shout, shout out, out to, to friendships. Shout out to y'all. You're amazing. Thank you to Eugene and John and Jean and Linda. This was so freaking fun. Um, and thank you to Stacey Marie, our in-house um, career slash life improver expert extraordinaire. Shout out to the Pod Squad. Pod Squad. This podcast was produced by Eleanor Kagan with editorial oversight from Jenna Weiss Berman, who we have not seen in a really long time because she's been on vacation. She was on her honeymoon. Let her live. All right, fine. Hope you had fun. We missed you, yeah. Mom. With production help from Julia Farland and Meg Kramer. Thank you to Paul at Rue Studios. Nope. <laughs> what? <laughs> Paul, you own the studio now. This is now Rue Studios. <laughs> That's a weird thing your brain did. Yeah, I'm telling you, today's a weird day. Thank you to Paul Ruest at Argo Studios. Thank you to our in-house musicians, Miss Jean Gray and Don Will. You can follow Jean Gray at Jean Greasy on Twitter, and you can follow Don Will at D-O-N-W-I-L-L. Thank you to Optimus Prime. Thank you, Tracy, for being my friend. Um, you can find Tracy at Brokey McPoverty. You can also find me crying on a train somewhere, probably. And you can find Heaven on um, the Twitters as well, at Heaven Rants. Heaven like the place up above. Rants like things that white men do. We need to describe white men as ranting much more often than we do. Absolutely. They be ranting. Also, follow us on Snapchat. I realize that we mentioned Snapchat, but I don't think we gave our Snapchat names or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mine's the same. I'm too lazy to come up with different things. It's still have rants, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is Tracy.Face. Oh, um, Trace Face. Uh, Trace Face. <laughs> <laughs> 
Honestly, I find that I'm kind of boring on Snapchat. I had this one really great chicken story that y'all missed out on. Uh, I find it hard to believe you're boring anywhere, I including it. on the newsletter. Ah, Look at that segue. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, if you have not, for some reason, subscribed to the newsletter yet, go to buzzfeed.com slash another round slash newsletter to sign up. You can find behind the scenes stuff, stuff that we're reading and things that we like and random vines and, and clips stuff. that didn't make it into the show. Also check out our other sister podcasts at BuzzFeed, The Tell Show and Internet Explorer. Mm-hmm. Fun times, fun times all around. And you can hit us on the bus. 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 On the motherfucking bus. That was beautiful. That was weird. <laughs> Why did I make it so whispering? You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Another Round. You can also email us at anotherround at buzzfeed.com. Rate us on iTunes. Tell a friend. Yes. Tell a friend's friend. Drink some water. Take your meds. Call your mom. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Buy some good running shoes, y'all. Oh, my God. Yes. My life has been changed. I'm going to start working out more. And I was like, I need decent shoes. And so I went to a store and actually asked the man for a good recommendation. So the shoes, if you are curious, are Nike. They are Glide, maybe? Nike Lunar Glide shoes. I like them. I don't know. I'm not being paid to say this. I just enjoy the shoe. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Get so you some cute. shoes. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Till next time. There's a passage that I want to read about this oh old bastard. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Where is this passage? Today's sermon comes from... <laughs> House plants that you should not let into your house. <laughs>